Welcome to Craft Beer Ballers, a show about craft beer and craft beer makers throughout the world and in the Tampa Bay area, with your hosts, Johnny and Kevin. The mics are on. The glasses are full. It's time for the Craft Beer Ballers. In this segment of the Craft Beer Ballers, we sat down with noted author uh, Mark Denote. He is the author of a couple books, uh, the Tampa Bay Beer book, uh, which, is a, which is called A Heady History of Beer in the Tampa Bay Area, um, as well as The Great Florida Beer Guide. He's also the uh, founder of Florida Beer News, and he's also a uh, certified cis- beer Cicerone. So he truly knows his stuff and is just a, an awesome guy to talk to about beer and just listen to talk to about beer. He knows the history. He knows styles. He knows how beer should be made. He knows how it should be served. Um, and he has just a, a clear wealth of knowledge of, of everything beer in the state of Florida and everything that we love and enjoy about beer. Uh, we talked about his books, of course. We also talked about his beer journey as well. Uh, he's an English teacher, which is kind of which is really cool, I, th- I think. Um, means that we also talked about his favorite beer spots throughout the state, uh, and as well as as future books that he that he may be putting together. Um, just a joy to talk to. Uh, we tried a couple of good beers from from the out area where he works, uh, Ocala, um, and we just learned a lot. And we hope that you will as well. So for now, cheers. The mics are on. The glasses are full. It's time for the craft beer ballers. Hey, Kevin, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot, man. What's going on with you? Uh, you know what? Uh, it's Wednesday. It is. It's hump day. It's hump day. Um, you know, just you know, just hanging out, drinking some good beer, uh, and hanging out with a just a noted beer expert in our community, both from it, the actual stuff in the cup mm-hmm. to the history behind it. Was he the first beer Torian here in Tampa? Ooh, beer Torian. I like that. I like that. Mark, do you like that? I do. All right. So just introducing Mark Denote. Uh, Mark is a, does a number of things. He, he, I guess, primarily writes for Florida Beer News. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is also the author of at least two killer books. If you really want to geek out on history and learn about beer in this area as well as the state, the two books are Tampa Bay Beer, A Heady History of the Beer, uh, in the brewing in the Tampa Bay area, as well as the Great Florida Craft Beer Guide, as well, and that's more of a uh, a history and just kind of just information about beer throughout the state. And we're going to get into to, uh, to both those books. Sure. Uh, but first, tell tell us a little bit more about your your journey in beer. Sure. So. I was an English teacher for 10 years, starting off uh, graduating fresh out of college, and uh, there was a little craft beer bar down the street that we would go to on Fridays, and I had a buddy who was from, he was from Maryland, and he was a huge dogfish fanatic, Mm -hmm. and I was just getting into, I was just starting to like beer, um, and he, we used to go, and he would this this one place. I don't know how they got it, but they would have a different dogfish beer every week. And so we started with chicory stout, mm-hmm. and then we went to raison, and then we went to. And so I would always try beers from Dogfish, and they were really my gateway brewery. And then that's a strong gate. It, yeah, yeah, it, it was. And, and you know, it's that's funny. Well, after that, <laughs> after that too. Now I look back and I have I drink more dogfish, just remembering. And it stinks that ch- that chicory stout's gone, but you know now that they've got so many other offerings and then so 
through that, uh, through the dogfish beer, I just kept pulling singles and trying to get uh, the craziest, weirdest beers, and then noticing that there was no really was no craft brewery in Florida at the time that was operating in the early 2000s. Uh, I found St. Somewhere Brewing. Bob was brewing at the time and yeah. tried everything that he did. And then I tried uh, Orlando Brewing was opening at the time. And then I tried one or two others. And then I was I reached the end of the Internet uh, where <laughs> there were no other there's no other Florida beer. And so as breweries came online, I tried to support them more and more and always wanted to work in the industry but stayed in education and then eventually uh, went out of education, found the industry, writing. Um, I started Florida Beer News because Florida breweries, when, when Peg's Cantina started oh, doing growlers. way back in the day. That was huge yeah. because everybody wanted their beer. Place. but nobody. Me too. Yeah, me too. Me too. That was one of my wife and my favorite places. Um, I'm crushed when it, when it closed. But, um, I used to live near there. Just live yeah. about a half mile from Pegs. I, I would I would be broke. I mean, yeah. I would I, I eat there all the time, and I yeah. loved it. I'd say food was good too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so from there, uh, nobody cared. Uh, nobody mm -hmm. cared about Pegs having growlers when everybody wanted to trade for it. Everybody was looking. Everybody around the country wanted Pegs beers, and now they have growlers, and nobody cared. And I sent that info to all of the blogs at the time, and nobody picked it up. And so I said. Yeah. Well, forget it. I'll do it myself. And so one of the first posts I did on Florida Beer News was about pegs having growlers. Um, and then from there, it just snowballed, and our, we've tripled the number of breweries. I decided to write a book. Um, <laughs> then I decided to write another book. And then um, now um, four years later, hopefully, uh, working on another book, getting a third one out. Um, I did my certified Cicerone test. That took probably about six months of studying, and then just uh, being and working with the beer industry is just a phenomenal experience. And uh, you know, trying to do whatever I can all the time, uh, have family responsibilities, all of that. So yeah, you know, I, I can't familiar. write as much as I much as I'd like all the time, but uh, that's fulfilling in its own way, in a different way. Yeah. Now, what year was this uh, in terms of starting starting Florida Beer News and the the pay, Peg's Cantina announcement, which I would have jumped on completely. So Peg's was that was somewhere I started the officially started the blog. I think my first post was 2013, 2012 ish. So I might be off a little bit with the Peg's. I just remember that being my inspiration. And then um, the, I started researching the book. Uh, the book took three years, so I finished the book around 2014. It was published, I want to say October of 2014. So at that time, I could honestly say I'd been to every brewery in Florida. Um, and there were just just shy of 100. Wow. And now we're well over 300. So if, <clears throat> if and when I decide to redo the book or, or do another edition of the book, I have to write three. Essentially, I have to re-edit this one and then add two more because we're well over 350, 350 breweries. Yeah. And so it's, there's just that much content has come, come online between 14 and now. And then the Tampa Bay book was published in 2015 as a bigger expansion of the Tampa Bay section because Tampa has the richest history in terms of beer um, without going into and possibly insulting other cities. Uh, Tampa is the beating heart of the craft beer revolution in Florida uh, with Dunedin Brewery, Scar City, St. Somewhere. I mean, the five counties that make up the Tampa Bay area 
are just doing amazing things. Some of the other cities are too, but Tampa, the Tampa section in that book, I thought really cried out for more attention. Mm -hmm. And that's where the Tampa Bay Beer Hitty history came in, was just expanding and doing a little bit deeper dive into the Tampa scene and what was happening. And uh, some of the breweries that now have been around for are celebrating third, fourth, fifth anniversary were pretty new in the Tampa Bay book. So I look at it more as a, a kind of a snapshot in history. And then the history part of it, I, I go into the historical breweries as well as the current breweries. And the historical breweries have, um, some of them have been lost to history. Some of them, their sites have been bulldozed and there's no sign that they ever existed. And others, they still, the building might exist, but the business is different. So um, that one is is kind of timeless in the history that's there. So those I've, I've been supporting those ever since and uh, working on other side projects and pet projects. Awesome, awesome. So I think one of the things, is, um, and kind of going through the book, especially the, the, the history part of it, that I found interesting is there's a lot of like big local names that are tied to beer in this area, like Don Vincent Martinez Ybor, Augustus Bush, you know, mm-hmm. like like you know <coughs> names are tied to it. I, you know, I, I think what I, I, and there and it's kind of an interesting theme when you start reading this in terms of the you know you know local breweries, you know, killing it, serving the people, big breweries coming in. Smashing all the competition, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, you know, and I just, I just find it's interesting. And then just the boon in the area, like that, that Tampa was kind of a, a leader in terms of, of beer even then, mm-hmm. you know. And so, I, you know, I, I guess the thing I always I want to know is just what, I mean, was there, is there anything in researching this book that surprised you? Oh, tons. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the biggest, the biggest surprise was that in the post-war boom, um, so every brewery in Florida, well, most of the breweries in Florida, because some have been lost to history, and I can tell you right now that there are probably, I, I throw my hands up and say there are some that existed that I was not able to find one lick of history on, or right. there's one newspaper article, and that's it. Um, in terms of the older breweries, that's, uh, I've done my best to catalog those. Uh, the biggest surprise was post World War II, so you're talking mid to late 40s, everybody almost doubled or tripled production with the military bases being built around Pensacola, Jacksonville, and the military presence in Tampa because we were a launching point for so many many operations. So the... It was Southern Brewing, I believe. Between Southern Brewing and the the, Uh, Tampa, Florida Florida Brewery, those two breweries we're brewing upwards of 80 and 90,000 barrels a year. To give you a, to give you an idea of that Cigar City in year 7 or 8. Let's see, they launched in 09. So yeah, it was if I had to guess, Joey Justin, don't, you know, don't don't quote me on this, but I wanted they were brewing at right around the 60, 70,000 barrel mark for a while before the Oscar Blues thing happened. Yeah. And so that scale during that time period just blew me away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're, you're talking a scale that Cigar City <laughs> wouldn't brew at for its first seven or eight years, and look how how widely they grew. Uh, those breweries just, the, the people were, it was tap rooms, it was distribution, they were the biggest breweries in the southeast, and they were just dominating, and that's what they Was did. it easier because they were, had maybe fewer styles they were making? Definitely, and it, it's funny, too, because when you look back then, there's, there, it's not... 
we don't have the styles we had today. Obviously, right. IPA and, right. and goes in yeah. all of the variations. No, no, was, they, were, they were talking mostly German origin brewers because German lagers were all the vogue, and so you had the beer was uh, probably just lager. Is all it was. You had beer, which was lager, <laughs> right. and ale. Yeah. If it was an ale, it has to be labeled. Right. So if it's lager, it just says beer, and <clears throat> we're doing different variations on lager. Um, even though ale, you can turn an ale a lot of faster. Yeah. Uh, lager yeah. was what they wanted, and so lager yeah. was what they got. And yeah. you can you can go through the old brewery, the um, uh, Florida Brewing Company in Ybor City, and just see how historically, uh, how this fit historically, where the tanks went, where everything would be on different floors, and it's it's really cool to see the brewing process because it's the same process obviously mm -hmm. it's just with different the equipment is higher end now obviously yeah, a little, yeah, yeah yeah does any of the the past inform what we're seeing today in terms of breweries or is there trends within that you're seeing kind of in repeat itself or is there anything anything Absol to that absolutely um there's there was we've craft beer or beer in Florida has come in waves. So the first wave was really, really died off in the 60s with the, the advent of Bush Gardens and Anheuser-Busch. There's some great uh, quotes where you find that Anheuser-Busch is doing what the other breweries are doing, but they're doing it automated with machines. And they can do one, they can have one guy running about two to three times as many cans in an hour as it takes the other breweries to do a smaller run with more people. Mm -hmm. And eventually they just couldn't compete. And then you had... Uh, where Yingling is now was Schlitz, Schlitz, Schlitz. Yeah. Schlitz built the building, and so with the combination was it Stroh's? I think it's it was Paps Schlitz and Stroh all owned the building at one time. Uh, okay. And a funny point of trivia: nobody improved the value of that building. So when it was built, <laughs> the value kept going down. The only man who's improved the value is Dick Yingling. When Yingling bought it, that's when the value started going up. Other than that, the next guy bought it subsequently because you can look it all up on the property appraiser. Everybody who bought it bought it at less than the guy before him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And so when Yingling bought it, that's when they, they really have invested behind it and done good things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, <clears throat> but yeah. Now, I, so I think I just marvel at is just there's so much history and it's such a rich you know mm -hmm. like and apparently there's actually more of it that we can't even get our hands on mm -hmm. so yeah. so how, how much history is is completely lost can what it could be uh, like may, maybe we have 80 percent of what the history would be that would be that would be optimistic i can't tell you how many times and it, it, it crushed a little part of me every time you'd run across a guy you know our age who would come and say you know my dad my grandpa somebody in my family worked for the brewery worked for this brewery or that brewery and man when he died he had a whole trove of stuff. Well, what happened to it? Well, it threw it away. Didn't know. Yeah. It. Didn't know anybody yeah, didn't would realize want it. it. Yeah, and yeah. So it's like beer stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it was grandpa. You know, grandpa spent his life collecting it, but now that he's gone, it was before there's TV shows that showed you how valuable the stuff was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Before Anthony Roche show, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Before, right. before eBay, where you could go online and sell it and go Holy before inter for selling online. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. So. So I turn, switching gears to to today's beer scene. Obviously, Tampa has has quite a scene. Um, nationally, nationally lauded. You yeah. know, well known. Yeah, we we are we, we're spoiled here. Yeah, we we are I mean, pretty spoiled. I mean, there's a lot of breweries, a lot of high quality beer, a lot of highly sought after beer. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, just give me your comments on on the growth of this beer scene. I mean, I mean, I think you can speak to as much as anybody from from those days when the people like even we'll even just go like. From the time you produced this book, okay, to now, I, I, I mean, have you seen 
you know, positive changes. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I've actually, seen positive and negative sure. changes. So I, yeah, yeah. No, there's the the beer scene today is there's a wonderful symbiosis that's happening where you have. Um, Brewers who came to the scene or brewers who were home brewers who came into brewing and they got their brewing education and then they went to Cigar City or they went to Tampa Bay Brewing Company or they went to uh, they, they, they started those first generation breweries that came and broke ground in the scene. Mm-hmm. And then they all went and used that school, that knowledge and they went and they opened their own breweries. Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, Rat Brewing and Seminole. Mm-hmm. You have Arcane Ale Works. Some of these are. You have a couple brewers that trained with, with uh, may he rest in peace, Mr. Rapp. Uh, and then he went, and then they would go on and open other breweries using the knowledge that they had gained from Rapp Brewing or from that brewery where they, they learned everything or learned a lot. And that's, where, that's what's really inspiring is that um, no one is trying to stifle the creativity of these brewers. Whenever anybody wants to go open their own brewery, usually it's a, you know, a smile and a send-off yeah. and let me know how I can help. When Seventh Sun Brewery opened, Joey from Cigar City bought the first pour of their beer, and he was the first guy in line along with a couple other folks from Cigar City. So it's that, that symbiosis that, that really benefits everyone um, that, that's the hallmark of Tampa Bay beer. And, that's, and you're absolutely right in that we're spoiled because I can go to other cities with really good beer scenes, and then it's not familiar. It's not, you know, I have to go look and dig. And Whereas in Tampa, I know where I want to go if I want... A Goza or a Berliner or a Sour right. or a, you know, and Berliners are just are just coming out of the woodwork, you know, whereas in other scenes, there's, there's a handful. But you yeah. know, here in Florida, yes, I've gotten used to my pastry stouts and my IPAs and my hoppy IPAs. And, the, and I know it's almost like having baseball cards, it you is, know, yeah. where you, you know what brewer you go to. It's like, you know, when when you want, you know, when you're down and almost down and out in the ninth inning, this <laughs> is my clutch guy. You know, when I need right. a good hoppy IPA right. and I see that. This guy has a new one. It's like that's where I'm going. So well, I mean, we talk about the same thing. We talk about like places that you like to go to, and we talked yeah. about off air. It's like well, these are some breweries that just they make everything good, mm-hmm. and there's some breweries that they make a couple things good, and that's their hallmark. Mm-hmm. And then there's the breweries that they you know they're, they they need to improve everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For well, yeah. It just it's just like any product. <clears throat> yeah, some products are great, and some these companies make everything good. Some mm-hmm. things they have that one niche thing, and then some people struggle. And that's that's how it is. I think the thing that I'm really kind of interested in. Okay, so you know, there's obviously a great camaraderie mm-hmm. within this community. That's hard to maintain when you're getting into the hundreds, you know, sure. plural of breweries. Sure. Do, do you see that? Well, it's jurisdictional. What happens is, is you start infringing on someone's customer base, but they're going to hope that their beer and their scene is good enough to keep people coming back to be their customer. True. You know, I think it also helps if you have a place like Dunedin, you're almost like a beer district. You will actually have spillover where new business will show up just by being near right. that business. But right. yeah. the bar, though, is fairly high. You're not walking into like an easy situation. You got to be at least good enough to compete. Right, right, and that's and it's it's not as much competition because I mean, think about. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I can lump you guys into this category as well. When you go to travel, you know, I don't just look up one brewery. I want to oh, no. know every brewery. Uh, in the I want to know everywhere yes. I go. And yeah. so, if I'm gonna go, if I have to pick, which I always have to pick my days, if I 
I get one beer day, then I'm going to go to the highest saturation of breweries and be able to go to a yes. number oh, of yeah, them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Than, unless it's, unless you, you get a whole day? <laughs> you get your wife talk to my wife. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> if, <laughs> Even if it's a couple hours, it's that concentration. So I'm uh, not yeah. going to go. I'm not going to go way up where there's one or two. Correct. I'm going to go to St. Pete. I'm going to go to Hillsboro. I'm going to go to those parts where I know, and I'm going to look at their beer. And or you're going info. to plan your stay where you yeah, know you're going just, to be, where you can that. maybe diversify your evenings to know that. Well, I can know I can hit. I can within walking distance. I can hit all the mm-hmm. cycle over here. Mm-hmm. When we went to New Orleans for the USF Tulane game a couple years ago, we basically picked out our spot where we wanted to be with the intent of places that we were going to go, knowing that we had X number of time or amount of time to actually mm-hmm. physically do it. Yeah, places within an easy Uber <clears throat> ride. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so. been a, that's been a game changer as well. Yeah. You know, uh, with yeah. with Uber and Lyft and being having a, a car just appear and pick you up on a whim mm-hmm. and take you yeah. to the next brewery. I mean, yeah, you could do it with a cab before, but for some reason with the phone it's so much easier. Yeah. Well, okay, so this is an interesting question, not not on my list at all, but it's something I've just thought about. If you're opening a brewery today, do you want to be in an area that already has a bunch of breweries cuz so it's already established brewery spot, like a hub, like a like a Dunedin, a downtown St. Pete, a Seminole Heights, or would you rather be the first in an uh, in an underserved area? I think it would all depend on your demographic. I think it would depend on the people. If, like, for instance, 81 Bay is a good example. They found the one part of Tampa that didn't really have a brewery within walking distance of a lot of places, so they opened one there. Um, mm-hmm. You have the, you know, the... And then you have the Coppertails and the uh, Seven Sons and uh, Woodwrights of the world who did the exact opposite, where you go to an area that's gaining in popularity. Really, I think Dunedin is so proud to be Dunedin Mm -hmm. that they will embrace several other local breweries as long as they're making quality beer. I'll say how confident you are in your product would probably have a lot to do with that, too. True. true. And and look at the different styles that are available. So, you know, Woodwright specializes in the German traditional beers or, you know, whatever it is, the beer that is going to keep your lights on. If I make a really good pale ale, I'm not going to go with a bunch of breweries that make a bunch of good pale ales, I don't think, um, unless you're trying to, you know, be a few doors down and get traffic. But that's all. It's all academic. Until yeah. I yeah. A brewery, which I have no plans to do anytime soon. I know how you feel. So, trust oh, me. Absolutely. Yeah. But I always think because that, those. I mean, that's really the two well, philosophies you're seeing out there. And right? we talk about the underserved markets. I still think is the future where yeah. you know we have 300 plus breweries in a state. You know, I mean, let's face it, Florida is not a massive landmass. You know, and there's only so many major metros. So when you diversify out 300 plus breweries across there, you're gonna have to go into places like. Wiki watch you. We're like we're, we're like marker forty eight's done. Yeah. You you have to do yeah, that. Yeah. You, have to, you have to go find that underserved area. Go and four sacks go and Apollo Beach. And, and you like have to a, be the yeah. local brewery. Right. Yeah. An yeah. area that has that has people or that people will travel to. Correct. So there's or, or just a population of actual people who live like residential area because I think a place of like Grindhouse has you know people who work in that uh, in that facility who will come there after hours, but there's still also probably a, a fair number of households within a one mile radius of where they are. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and they're not like in the easiest place to find, but they're doing fine. And then there's Paradise, I, I think, is in the same almost the same, the same boat, yeah, pretty much the same type of spot. Yeah, warehousing. Right, you know. but it totally works, I think, in those areas, and. I could easily see other places doing that too, um, but I, I think you have to start venturing out away from the metro and into places where you're, you're, you're more off the beaten path. I think, and I, I think that you, when you start getting into destination breweries, you have a higher bar or you have more of an onus to get to to, to attract people to you, and you can't 
well, you can, and it's worked, but in, in the vast majority of instances, it's difficult to be that destination brewery where you are so far off the beaten path. Because remember, you're not just, if, if I'm traveling, very rarely am I traveling alone. So if I'm traveling with my family, of course, that yeah. means I got to pull them in. So I need some other draw. I need something else to get them there and get them to stay for right. more than one beer. I agree. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole other piece of it. Not every brewery, it's, well, they're all destinations. If, they, if, you got, if you have a tap room, you're a destination. But are you a I'm here completely for the beer? Are you an I'm here, I want beer and, and good food? Or do I want, I want everything. I want something. I want to be able to, like, have my kid play, you know, <laughs> you know play cornhole or um, – Oh god, I forgot what the other the shuffleboard, shuffleboard, or thank or you. Or whatever. shuffleboard, because I could see it in my mind. Uh, <laughs> shuffleboard, whatever. While I have a couple beers, right. like I don't have to. They can entertain Those. themselves. I I can see them, and I can. And I I speak most passionately about that because that's that's well, the, 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 the cornholes, the, the jangas, right the shuffleboards, so, you know. whatever they pay for those things. Those things pay for themselves within a year of selling extra beer. Of course beer. they do. Of course they <laughs> without do. any yeah. doubt. Well, right. Maintaining well, you got. I, I got to think about maintaining them and you know keeping them away from from rowdy patrons <clears> too. But there's. The, there's an ROI on those, and yes, anything to keep people in a tap room longer, have them spending more, and increases tips, and the servers are happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's, I think there's, your when you build your brewery, that's something that you take into account. Is where is the metro? Are people going to come? Will they come to you, or do you have to go and outreach to them, or both? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and then you know, unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, the inverse of, of that are there people who can't stand to have kids in brewery and so if they see that they see that giant jenga they're pissed that's a very hot that's a very hot topic right now yeah yeah Um, oh yeah yeah they're they're not they're not in favor of it and that's so that's always like an interesting decision to make people make i I know how i feel about it but 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 how i feel is really personally i I, I think as as a as a a parent as a parent i feel like hey i get why it's there And, and, and if that's what it takes to make your kids happy and have a good time and you can enjoy yourself well then cool yeah yeah but, but you're i think also the, there's a large portion of the, well, there's a portion of the population that don't watch their kids and i think yeah. that's where problem that's yeah, where it is kind of where the charm that's starts. The, yes that's the, the slippery slope and that that's the that's those are the problem problem children uh problem parents is that when they you know when you're taking that shuffleboard piece and you're slamming into a tank you know those tanks cost tens of thousands of dollars and sometimes the breweries are just the only thing separating you and the very expensive equipment is a piece of rope yeah yeah. and and, in a lot of cases and my my children my children are well behaved because they they understand that but it's we also my children never leave my sight when you yeah. have, and I, yeah. like I said, I worked in education for a long time. When you have parents who just let their children, okay, somebody yeah. will tell me they if something's wrong. They want someone else to raise them. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. No, no, my, wife, my wife works in education as well. So, yeah, so. Yeah. Currently yeah. works in education. So, yeah, I got fully, fully get it. So, but, um, yeah, so there's, a, so it's a hot debate. I mean, it, it, I, I don't know that there's a right or wrong, really. I think, I think. As it was with most things, right and wrong lies in the individ- its individual application. Sure. If I raise my child the right way, I don't have anything to worry about. I would equate it to smoking. Like, yeah. you know, there, there are places that allow smoking. Okay. Well, I don't really want to go and inhale a bunch of smoke, and I don't want to smell like a, an ashtray when I go home. So that inhibits me from going there. Um, but that's their choice. If that's how they want their business to be run, and people want to go there and smoke, by all means, feel free. You know, I think like the hub, I think it was like a great example of a place that maybe I would go more frequently if I knew I wasn't going to come home smelling like I need to take a bath. 
absolutely absolutely i think i think too that there's that we've come to a point where a lot of it i mean i've been i've i've taken my children to breweries and i've been around other children in breweries and i think it's the the folks who either don't watch their kids or are uh, where the children are a problem that's what ruins it for everybody and yeah. then and and then the brew because let's let's be honest we're not paying the bartender to go and be a babysitter too correct so no. the bartenders and the, the bar back shouldn't have to go and police children and when they start having to do that that's when you come in with the correct. the sweeping declaration of no children or no children yeah. after eight or anything like that yeah yep. so yeah so so aside from now all of that but you say you've been to every brewery no, not, no. Anymore. not anymore. Uh, not anymore. At one in, point, in the area, at, at, at in, the area yeah, in the area, yes, in press time. When we were under a hundred, yes, I could easily say that. And it was weeks of traveling. And I was teaching at the time, so it was spring breaks and yeah. summers. And my wife being very understanding, and us only having two children and not yeah. three at the time. And it was it was a different different experience because um, I loved traveling the state, and I have wonderful memories of it. But now to to really get a good sense of the brewery takes hours i mean it takes a conversation like this yeah. it takes sitting down with brewers or owners or folks who are just and that's the thing about the beer industry is people are so nice i mean in general yes. they are so nice and willing to give you their time and give you an, a window into their business and help you and because well, someone did it for them right yeah right yeah. and it's and share beer and do <clears throat> all this and right. so that's really what the book is, is a collection of those stories shared over beers with these people. The problem that I found is that I would overcommit myself. So I think my record was maybe four or five in a day. Um, and you're you're just, having a great time. It's hard to say no. Exactly. And when the, when the, when the content is quality, yep. you, you yeah, don't stop. So then what do you do? Do you cut the short, the good conversation that you're having? Or do you risk you know, losing time with the next person? And that got to be hard. So eventually what I would start doing was just um, shaving. I would just limit the numbers I do in a day. And then the pickups was the hardest part where I had to go um, – I forgot one time that the time changes between Pensacola and Tallahassee. And oh, so yeah, and yeah. my phone didn't catch up. And so I ended up missing <clears throat> I ended up missing an appointment with a guy because I thought I had plenty of time. Yeah. And so I had to the next time I had to swing I had to drive from Jacksonville to Tallahassee and back down to Brooksville. Uh, stop in Gainesville and down to Brooksville in one day, and that's oh wow! Three, that's, and you drove five. the whole thing? Yes, I did. Wow. Oh my god! And it was and so that was that was the one day. But those were I'm like, willing to okay, bet you were probably breaking the law at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I tend is, I tend is yeah. trees and troopers, man. There's nothing on oh, I yeah. ten. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. Once you get past that, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. But it's but that. That was the beauty of it was form was meeting some of these wonderful people oh, yeah. and sharing their stories and it was worth it. But that was pickups. That was when oh my gosh I can't believe I didn't get to talk to these people and the books the publication deadline is now all right it's today and it's never <laughs> yeah so yeah, absolutely that's, there's only so much you can do over the internet you can't get really you can get an authentic sense of the brewery but it's different when you when oh. you can be there and touch things and see see these people well, well, well not only like that but the visuals you, you need the photographs well and, and you need yeah. too you need the um, plus it's really nice to be able to pay the respect to the person who's there right. creating right. the product by taking the time to physically go to them right and hear them talk about the beers right. and look at yeah. the artifacts that they because undoubtedly there's some piece of something that they have in the brewery Correct. that has a special meaning for them oh and yeah they explain that and put that through and to have have that come through is what is to me one of the things I'm most proud of in that book. Oh, absolutely. That'd be, it'd be hard to do by the end of the day. 
But by, by the time you're getting to the last stop yes. and you're trying to like, because you're, you're, you're trying to keep your game face on exactly. and everything. Exactly. And you're trying to keep up the same energy <laughs> right. for the last guy that you had for the first guy. Right. And, and that's, and that's very hard. And everybody wants to share beers. And then so at the end of the day, you got to moderate it because you got to <laughs> drive. And, and that's one thing I am especially proud of is that I never, I, nowhere in writing the book, I never, never was over the edge. Um, I was always mindful. I was always, you know, yeah. I, I, there's nothing in there that I wouldn't tell my kids about. Yeah. Um, yeah. The experience. So absolutely, that's that's cool. So like, okay, so so what was my lead in for the question? Actually, is like, who's doing it right in this state? Like, who has from? I mean, who do you just enjoy uh, from that's from tough. a beer standpoint and just just a experience standpoint? That's tough. Um, that's tough because it's, <laughs> I feel like as soon as you ask that question, then and you answer, there are plenty of people that say, "Well, what about me? What about me?" Oh, of course. Well, well, why, don't, why don't we limit it to like a style then? I would um, say I would say two thirds of the. At least two thirds to three quarters of the breweries in the state are, in many aspects, doing it right. Uh, yeah. There are those places that they're undoubtedly, and as soon as I say this, everyone immediately snaps to, oh, yeah, there's that one. Everybody has that one brewery yeah, that's like, yeah. mm. um, and I won't mention any of those. I'll tell you um, some of my personal favorites right now, uh, and, and I'm sidebar, I really have been on a kind of nostalgia kick. Okay. I want to go yeah. back to the beers that got me into craft beers. So, okay, um, okay. Locally, um, Swampheads uh, Stump Knocker <coughs> yeah. is killing it for me right now. It's like Bell's Two Hearted Light. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's the pale yeah. ale version. Both are solid, solid yeah. beers. Um, really good beer. Um, uh, I really enjoy Ardwolf in Jacksonville. Okay, Ardwolf's um, good, good yeah. spot. Yeah. I enjoy Ardwolf. Uh, Deep Brewing in Tallahassee is doing some great beer right now. Uh, uh, Winning uh, awards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're. Uh, they're Belgian pale. I mean, this, aside from Infinite Ale Works here, um, yeah. their Belgian pales are the two best in the state. Uh, Ron Rake at Playland, the brewing company, is absolutely killing it. Uh, Ron's been brewing since the Shipyard Emporium, and Shipyard Brewing had a brewery in the Orlando airport back in the 90s. Yeah. Ron is the OG of Florida craft beer, and he is just he is one of the most talented brewers the state's ever produced um, over in uh, Titusville with Playlinda. Going back through... Going down, uh, Walking Tree Brewery in Vero Beach. Enjoy the heck out of their stuff. Orchid Island in Vero Beach. He puts Florida citrus in everything he does. Uh, his his grapefruit IPA is the best I've ever had. Uh, he blows some of the other grapefruit IPAs, all the other ones I've had. He is remarkably unique. Um, going back down through the state. I'm in Vero Beach. I'm going south. I'm going to stop it when I'm in. Now you're, now you're he's, he's like a damn Florida beer Wikipedia with, with a well, GPS. Now, now, I know. Now, now you're in Boca Raton. Okay. All right, uh, so. Barrel of Monks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Barrel of Monks. Salad. We've interviewed yeah. them. Nice They're, guys. Um, yeah. Yes, yes. They. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Kevin Abbott, their head brewer, mm -hmm. was the original Funky Buddha brewer mm -hmm. um, back in the lounge days yep. when they were yep. brewing you know, five gallons at a time with uh, him and Ryan Sense uh, from Funky Buddha. And Kevin's, Kevin's got some amazing ideas in that head of his. And they're doing some amazing barrel beers, too. Um, going down that way. So I'm in Boca. I'm so you're, are you going down like I-95? Yes, or that's, are you going that's the like way US I'm US thinking. Wine, right? I'm going I-95-ish <laughs> uh, over in that area. I'm trying to think what else. It's been, it's been a couple months. Um, Miami area, I'm going to Wakefield. Actually, I was down there recently and uh, stopped in, got caught in the rain, and just happened by Wakefield Brewing, and John was there. And John and Maria are just great people. Uh, I love. I, I've known him since he was a home brewer, and he's just a phenomenal guy. Um, and his beer is just 
also phenomenal. Uh, I love his Heffy. I love his a lot of his stouts that he's doing. Um, if I can get a hold of them, because you know they're like unicorn tears. Um, yeah. Uh, also down in that area, I'm going around. I'm going back over to Fort Myers, Fort Myers Brewing, Point of Point of Bell Brewing, um, and then I'm going to jump back immediately because somebody's going to. I'm going to think of somebody else. If I'm going up, I'm stopping at Calusa. I'll probably stop. We have some Calusa. We've featured some Calusa beers recently on the on our show. They're they're doing some great stuff. Um, My buddy, my buddy Mark just opened a bottle shop in Sarasota, 99 bottles, and uh, they're (laughs) doing great name. He's he's. Mark is, the, I, I stop, I would stop at his place because he is the most detail-minded craft beer enthusiast you've ever seen. So he can tell you all of the thought that went into everything in his bar, from the tap handles to the tile, to the type of stools, to the type of beers they carry. Um, he's just, he's a very meticulous guy. Uh, I'm going to come back. I'll probably stop at Sarasota. Sarasota's got some interesting, so J-Dubs, he did some book events for me. Uh, he's a good dude. Generally has some uh, some good beers. On Bell Cow is is enjoyable. I'm going back up through Bradenton area. So now now you're on 75. Now I'm on. Now, <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm flying like a <laughs> supersonic you're crow. So fast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then back through St. Pete, uh, Web City Cellar with Green Bench Cycle. Um, and then I'm going up to Safety Harbor to Crooked Thumb. I'm going to Angry All Chair, Hidden yeah. Springs. Um, there's so much. There's, there's so much good beer. It's like an it's an embarrassment of riches that uh, yeah. we have. Um, and to literally <laughs> rattle off like 20 breweries that have like really really good beer. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Cop Brewery in Crystal. And we're up in Crystal River with Fran Cop. Who's if you have you had his beer? No, I haven't. Fran Fran is a, a meticulous perfectionist. Um, so he'll do a, a maple wheat, like a Dunkel Weissen that tastes like banana pancakes. Or, and it, it oh. legit tastes like banana pancakes. Uh, he has a beer called Toffee Coffee that tastes like cold, cold brew caramel coffee at like 4.5% alcohol. It is you – could, you could put it in a cold brew tap and people would have a hard time telling, telling us the beer. difference. Oh, uh, man. We had to get, yeah. it, get it on the coffee beer challenge. We do a coffee we beer do. challenge each year so okay. for, well, for, national, national, for National, national Coffee Day. Let so. me know. Let me know. We can – if he's making it because he makes uh, – it's one of his rotationals. So right now it's on rotation, and I'm not sure when he's going to stop. Uh, but he's doing a new brewery that should be great. Um, popping back into Tampa. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could go on. This, uh, yeah, this could no, be a whole yeah. other show, and, and I'm sorry for those that make awesome beer that I forgot. Uh, so. All good, all good. <coughs> you know, <laughs> being make the list, you just didn't make the list. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, <coughs> so what, what are we drinking? Actually, we're drinking, I meant to mention this earlier. Sure, we're drinking a Magenta Dragon Goza from Infinite Aleworks in Ocala. So, it's solid, this, solid beer. Yeah. This, um, this little brewery is Ocala's. Right now, it's Ocala's only craft brewery. There's a couple more that are in the opening phases, but they're Belgian-inspired. Um, their, lo- their logo's traditionally inspired, infinitely creative. Uh, this is based on a German Goza with passion fruit, and it's really fruit-forward. Oh, yeah, um, big time. It's, yeah, got, yeah. One, it's yeah. got a little it's bit got, of a bite to it. It's got a little it, pungent, but, but after the punch, it actually starts to sweeten a little bit as I get deeper and deeper into the cup. Yep, a yeah. little bit of salt, a little bit of just... It's, it's very well-balanced. Yeah. Yeah. Very enjoyable. That's, yeah, that's my favorite type of gozas are the ones that have a good fruit, like mm-hmm. some type of sort of 
berryish fruit. I just I don't know. I just think the the sour, the natural fruitiness. Well, I think you need the sweetness to balance to balance it. I mean, if if it's just all sour, it it just becomes it can be intolerable depending yeah. upon what what your palate depending wants. On what, depending on what your palate. Now, you, some people love that, right? But <clears throat> but the fruit itself, real fruit, is not crazy sweet. And so I think Correct. that I think that's what makes it work because it, it's fruit is just, natural. Fruit, you know, fruit is just sweet enough to balance this, balance that level of, of sour and not and just and just kind of sour enough to kind of balance it as well. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So now this is this is it's really good actually. It's yeah. it's solid. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy it. It's um and it's it's a nice take on the traditional goes of just the wheat salt and a little bit of sour. This is this the addition of the dragon fruit really or I'm sorry passion fruit is a very nice. Counterpoint mm-hmm. to the little bite of sour, a little bit of salt in it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so what's next? So, yeah, two two books down. When there's 400 breweries, then what? 400, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. it's, it, that's uh, that's got hired another writer on the pail. Yeah. Um, honestly, if I was gonna do, if I was gonna update the the books about current beer, I I would have to split them mm-hmm. between North Florida, South Florida, or that makes sense. End it yeah. Somewhere, uh, you know, do we have 60? Seven counties in Florida, so maybe do thirty some in one book, thirty some in another. Yeah, it just it it's become a Herculean task where just it's not possible on any on my salary <laughs> to go yeah, because yeah. it's predominantly self funded. <clears throat> so I mean, I get a little bit of help here and there, but when it's self funded, then the car's got it. You know, got to put gas in the yeah. tank. Oh yeah, gotta, absolutely. Got to stay in hotels. So yeah, yeah. That, that some will comp tough. beer, not all, but some will. Right. Some will, most right. will. Uh, not, not all. I'm sure you have a couple stories too. You can go on about <laughs> that. Where places where like they bring you the bill and you're like, really? Seriously? <laughs> Like, wait a minute, y'all gonna be in a book? But, what do you no, like? Well, but the, the thing about it too is that I mean, I'm a business, they're a business. I totally sure. understand it, and the and I always like to at least offer to pay, um, even if I know they're gonna comp it because that's that's a gift they want to give me, and if they want to give it to me, that's great, and if they don't, I'm perfectly happy paying for it too because I understand that's the fruit of their labor, and that's just like that's the fruit of mine. So, and if if I'm gonna, but the, if they're but, gonna but, sell me their but your beer, fruit, sell them my book. your fruit's gonna bring them bigger pieces of fruit because because you did the fruit for them. Sure. So I, I kind of feel the same way when, when we do a show. You know, if we're going to come out to see you, we take out of our time to drive to see you. We're not saying, hey, Garrett, give us everything. You know, we're yeah. saying like, but when, when they give us some stuff and then they show up and they still want to bring you a bill, it's, it's like, okay, all right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, think, I think that I'd, I'd rather be surprised when they comp it, when something's comped, um, because I, I I see both sides of it. And I, I, see, I don't I don't ever expect to to have anything be comped. True, um, true. Because you know, you know, what is, they always say you never you never respect the restaurant critic who doesn't pay his own bill. Correct. Because yeah. They, yeah, you know, yeah. So because then they true. expect something. But it's I think also that they understand the vast majority of the breweries understand what it is, and and no one's you know without a corporate logo on us, they understand that this is a labor of love for you and yeah, for me correct. as well. And that gets. And they understand. But it's such a low-cost pay it forward. It's like literally if, if all we ended up would, was leaving with, let's just say we, we happened to drink 32 ounces of beer, what was the actual cost of them to produce that versus gaining one customer seems they'd be well into the black. I, yeah. I, think, I think most of them are business-forward enough to know that well, you're, yeah. help, you're helping me promote, I'll just give you a beer, it's fine. Sure. You know, yeah. And that's, that's probably because when they're out, about with their friends or they bring their friends into the brewery they probably do they probably will comp beers to people 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and then some people are completely different. They're like, I'm, you know, you're going to pay for every drop that comes out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, it's, a, okay. it's just human nature. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. And people, people feel different ways about, it. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's the spirit of abundance versus scarcity. This is how, this is how it is. Um, so the one thing we have not talked about, and we'll close out with this, is Florida Beer News. Okay. Yeah, so sure. so what's next for Florida Beer News? So Florida Beer News, <laughs> one of the most difficult things about Florida Beer News is drinking. Florida Beer News, when I started, was a day I would wake up between 4.30 and 5 o'clock. I'd have to leave at 6, 6.30. So I'd give myself an hour of writing time and Googling time because I used to have to go in search of the news. The yeah. news wasn't right there in my face. It would be yeah. Facebook. It would be Twitter. It would be looking for what the breweries are saying. Now it's like yeah. drinking through a fire hose sometimes yeah, yeah. where you gotta, you have to, now you've got to discern. Right. Yeah, now yeah. I have to, and, and I'm, and as much as I like to say, uh, as much as I like to say, I have other people that work with me. Most of the time, it's just me, yeah. and so I'm. I have to pick and choose my stories. What's going to be published through the week, and um, when my I'm, it's a labor of love. So when my day job heats up, then my, the, the blog goes a little quiet. Yeah. I recently did. Um, 2017, I passed my level two Cicerone and the blog went dark for a long time when I was studying because it was write or study and that was six months of study to get yeah. through that exam and so the blog yeah. suffered for uh, it and that's yeah. just I, how it is. I We completely understand. We've been doing this show since the summer of 2015. Okay. That has lasted through very, like, Kids being born, yes. You know, kids starting school, moving, buying a house. Both of us moved at some point. I think I've moved twice during the time we've done the show. Like, so yeah, no, it happens. I think that's the whole thing of doing this. Like, you you cover beer because you love it. You know, no one's like, oh man, you know, I, I, you know. You know what? I should need to cover beer, man. It's gonna kill. It's gonna rank high on Google. It's gonna be awesome. You know, you do it. You do it because you know, because and and you and you do it more than like just like oh, you know, I just want to get drunk or whatever. You actually do it because you really like. It's like it's like people who it's it's kind of like I hate to call it food critics because food critics kind of kind of like a native connotation. It's just very close, but it's it's you you dig it so much that man, I want to talk about it. I want to talk to people. I mean, the biggest. One of the biggest highs I get is talking to people like you, talking to the brewers and getting in there and just learning their story. I, it's, I don't know, it's killer, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's so I, I, you know, so it's definitely awesome to get a chance to chat with you in regards to this. So, yeah. um, hardest part is shutting me up. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what I tell people. If you want to start a beer conversation, the hardest thing is getting me to stop because once you open that floodgate, it's coming. And uh, I'm gonna. And, and you know, it's funny too. My wife's just. My wife's gotten used to it, where she just smiles and she knows yeah, that it's yeah. you know, when we break. But she also. What's funny too is that she can spot beer people. And you know what I'm talking about when I say beer people. Is that oh, people, people who like stuff. people. Yeah. Well, but but yeah. people who like beer are very generous in spirit and very open-minded and very friendly and outgoing. And so if people see that you're into beer and they know that you love beer, that they will, you engage on a different level. Oh, and yeah. you, it's, oh, re- yeah. it's not just, it's like coming up to a perfect stranger who's willing to talk about beer. You're not strangers for very long. True. And it's, it's, it's very unique in Absolutely. craft beer. And so even my wife has gotten a keen eye to it now. It's like, okay, I can, she can kind of pick out the people um, because, let's face it, beer is one of the few things in the world where you can sit down next to a perfect stranger oh and my if they're goodness. beer I, in five minutes, I, you're not strangers. I've thought for the longest time that you could just do a podcast about politics and you have to be drinking beer <laughs> while yeah. you're talking about it. 
you know, and, and, just throw religion in there too. and, and it's, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like, here's a way that maybe people can realize that, well, you know, maybe, maybe you're not the enemy or, or maybe I'm not your That's, enemy. You know, if we sit down and have a beer, you know, and we drink it and do it over a beer. Yeah. yeah. And you can't leave. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you have to settle it out. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I go through like a six well, pack. <laughs> or, or even, <laughs> even if it's talking about, even if it's talking about the topic, you know, it's like, at least you both can enjoy the fact that you like the same thing. It's about finding some starting point of common ground to get past the idea that, you know, you don't have to try to just screw over your opposition. True. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I know. So, yeah. So I think you're dead on in terms of that. Be- it, beer is a great combiner. It is uh, great to talk about. And there is a certain, you, you can spot out the people who want to talk about beer. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Sure. For well, sure. because as soon as they don't, <laughs> then you're, yeah, and you're like, like, yeah, and you're like, uh, near, uh, yeah, as soon as they're like, wow, I really love craft beer. Have you tried Blue Moon? Yeah. Oh, then yes. Then you're like, oh, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you you can't just buy that anywhere. It's like, yeah. well, it's like all right, let's <laughs> yeah. talk about this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, it depends on how much they want to talk about it. But yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. So, Mark, it has been a pleasure. Um, I, you guys, Okay, so where can people find you on social media? Before, before, sure. I, before I reintroduce them. Um, so I, yeah. Florida Beer News. Uh, FloridaBeerNews.com. FL Beer News on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And go out and get this book. Where can where can people get this book? The book is available. So both books, the Florida book and the Tampa book, should be available at Inkwood Books, and then my website, Florida Beer News, and then uh, it's also available on the big booksellers too. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's not just the Tampa Bay beer book. It also, can, if you want, if you're not in the Tampa Bay area and want, or you just want to learn about beer across the state, uh, the great, uh, great beer guide is is a great craft beer guide. is a great book to to read as well. Great reference and just an interesting reading. Uh, so, thank you again, Mark. Sure, thanks, guys. Uh, but now the glasses are empty. Mics are off. This is Craft Beer Ballers. <laughs>